Welcome back to the show. It's another episode of the Agency Freedom Podcast. We help insurance professionals move from captivity to freedom. This is episode three of our hot take series to get us through the rest of the dog days of summer. We have probably one or two more, and then we're going to jump back to our regular recorded interview style episodes. I will not disappoint with this episode today because I have perhaps the hottest of hot takes. You may be tempted to think that I'm being a hypocrite with the content of this episode, but not so fast, my friend. I definitely intend to back up my opinion uh, with something that is uh, a little more substantial than uh, just one person's opinion. Uh, There's definitely fact involved here. So we're going to run the bumper right now and get into an episode talking all about why you should definitely not start an insurance podcast, and instead what you should do with that same level of energy and time. Let's roll the bumper and get after it. There are two kinds of people in the insurance industry, those who are captive and those who are free. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast. Captivity can go far beyond the companies you represent. It starts between your ears and its impact is felt in every corner of your business. We're all about helping agency principals and sales professionals reach your maximum potential and flex your freedom. If your goals are big enough, you're going to have to get uncomfortable to be able to reach them. Our team at RiskWell is living this out every single day. This show is where I share our successes, our failures, and everything I learn along the way. We deliver relevant, tactical, and actionable content from industry peers, innovative partners, and a variety of leaders from other business verticals. We're not holding anything back. There's no upsell, no guru pitch, and no fluff. It's time to unshackle yourself from captivity and make your freedom jump with the Agency Freedom Podcast. Let's go. All right, so... Why should you not start an insurance podcast? A little bit of backstory here. In the last seven days, I have seen two new podcasts introduced. Two. And that brings the total insurance podcast to somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, four or maybe 5,000. I don't know what the, the fascination is about starting one at this point, but it seems like just about every month there's a new one. We have a, a, a chat thread with a bunch of podcast hosts in it, and uh, I, I messaged uh, that, hey guys, I have an idea. We should uh, start an insurance podcast. No one's done that before, right? And there's a variety of opinions, as you can imagine. Uh, there's lots of different uh, viewpoints on the whole game. Let me just address the elephant in the room first, and and anyone that might be tempted to think that I'm a hypocrite for saying, in 2023, you definitely should think long and hard about starting an insurance podcast. It's like, well, James, you started an insurance podcast. The irony is you're listening to one right now. So why in the world would I be saying that someone should not be? And the simple question to answer is, is the inverse. Why would someone start an insurance podcast. And if you can't answer that one with something more valuable than all the cool kids are doing it and I want people to hear my opinion, then 
you're probably not going to last very long. There are four reasons why it is a terrible idea to launch an insurance industry podcast. And if any of these four apply to you, well, then you have your answer. You definitely shouldn't. And at the end of those four reasons, I'm going to tell you what you should do with that same time and energy that will undoubtedly, virtually guaranteed to make you a lot more money and have just as much fun and be a lot easier to penetrate uh, the market that you are in and have real impact uh, for, for yourself and for your agency. So let's go into those four reasons why you should not start an insurance podcast right now. The first reason is I want to be insurance famous. If that's you, if you want to be insurance famous by starting a podcast, I hate to break it to you, my friend, that ship has already sailed. It had started to sail when I first got into podcasting way back in May of 2021, a hundred and something episodes ago, when they asked me, when Cass asked me to start a podcast after being a guest on several others, it was because there was something that needed to be said. There was angles that needed to be taken. And after a lot of thought and consideration, I I found an angle to take. I found a voice that was not being spoken, a point that was not being made, a perspective that had not yet at that point been shared, which started out as the whole going from captive to independent thing and has since evolved into more of a conversation on freedom in general as the whole reason for this podcast to exist. It was never for one second my intention to be insurance famous because the simple fact of the matter is, as Billy Williams would say, that is one of the most idiotic things to be trying to chase because it is completely fickle. What the crowd wants changes by the minute. And if you're trying to be famous in a group of your peers, then you're almost guaranteed to be disappointed with the outcomes because you're in a room full of alpha dogs that they themselves are striving for greatness. Everyone listening to the podcast is trying to be the best version of themselves. They all want to be better than they were yesterday, and they want to believe that they are, in fact, the best. So there is an inherent conflict of interest between wanting to be insurance famous when most of your peers and the people potentially listening to your podcast are also alpha dogs that are competing and trying to get somewhere great themselves. Aside from the fact that there are so many insurance podcasts now, your likelihood of ever cracking anything resembling fame or getting invitations to keynoted speaker, uh, to keynote at conferences, to have a major publisher do a book deal or do anything that even resembles fame is extremely unlikely. The simple fact is there's way too many voices in uh, the insurance space as it is. And obviously the counter argument is, hey, you know what? Some people will like it and some people won't and people can select whatever they want. That's fine. There's definitely validity to that argument. That's why there's hundreds of channels on TV instead of just four like there were back in the 1950s. But the simple fact is, if your motivation for starting an insurance podcast is, I want to be insurance famous, well, then, sorry, my friend, you are going to be very disappointed, most likely. Second is, I have big opinions and feelings that people must hear. Well, this is a pretty small industry, and if the thing that you're trying to accomplish is getting your opinion, your perspective out there, there's probably a lot more effective ways of making that happen, especially if you're not able to find an angle 
you take a look at the top 10 podcasts in uh, the insurance industry, of which, depending on who you ask, Agency Freedom is near the top 10 or in it, depending on what metric we're using. Uh, there are certainly those that have a much bigger falling than I do, and I've been listening to them since before this podcast ever existed. So please don't think that I'm including myself in the top 10. That is definitely debatable. But the whole reason for this podcast existing was I was able to find an angle, a perspective that was not already being shared in substantially similar fashion. If you have something to say and you look at the podcast arena in our industry, ask yourself, is anyone else already doing that to a really high degree? And if they are, well, then maybe you shouldn't do it. Of course, that's not to say that you can't do it. You do whatever you want. It is a free country. God bless America and all those good things. Simply talking about the impact and your ability to reach the goals that you set for yourself if you are trying to spread the word, as they say. You know, Ryan Hanley has launched a newsletter of sorts called Finding Peak, and it's on the Substack platform. A lot of folks are launching out in Substack. It's a little bit more medium and long-form journalism, different than podcasting, different than blogging, in that it is definitely more uh, journalistic in its approach. And that is another avenue that a lot of folks haven't really tapped into yet. You know, shout out to Max Revenue and Micah Salas, uh, who's been a guest on uh, this show. Micah Salas has, at least. We don't actually know who Max Revenue is. Some people do, but the vast majority of our industry sees that as a, a pseudonym, a, a character, a Stephen Colbert type of archetype who is putting the word out there, but doing so in an anonymous fashion. Now, if you're if you're going to find a unique angle to take, then by all means. But if you're honest with yourself, when you look in the mirror and your content, your opinions, your feelings, what you're putting into this podcast sounds substantially, or dare I say it, even indistinguishably similar from what is already out there, there's a lot better ways to get impact that will be more meaningful for you and your agency, as we'll talk about here in a little bit. This, is, this episode is getting to a climax, folks. Don't worry about it. I'm not sitting here making an entire episode about what you should not do. That is exactly the opposite of the whole mission uh, that we're doing at Agency Freedom. So next, number three, I want to leverage a podcast to make lots of money. Well, this one is probably the most obvious given the current state of affairs in 2023. As a podcast host, it is the opposite of making money most of the time. If you even break even, if you take a sponsorship, which are pretty hard to get, and you'll notice I've never taken a single sponsorship of myself. I participate in Jason Cass's podcasting network, and those sponsor ads are read by me on this show. But I do that as a courtesy and being a good teammate uh, for Cass and what he's building on the network. I don't have any sponsorships. I have no intention of taking one anytime soon. If I do, It'll be very, very specific and very niche that aligns with everything else that I'm doing. The reality is it's very difficult to make real money as a podcast host. You know, for every Joe Rogan out there, there's a million folks that are just slaving away at their quote-unquote passion project that are doing so, losing money every single minute that they're doing it. Hey, Freedom Jumper, are you looking to take your business to the next level? Who isn't, right? Write more business and see your agency succeed with NBS. 
At Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, they understand the challenges local agents face in the constantly changing marketplace. That's why they offer a wide array of personal and commercial markets and policy options to help you meet the needs of your customers, no matter how unique or outlandish they may be. With a team of experienced and dedicated professionals that provide you with the support and guidance you need to see your agency succeed, Nationwide Brokerage Solutions is here to support you every step of the way. Don't just survive in the competitive insurance industry. Thrive with Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. Get started today. Learn more at nbsbrokerage.com. The only way to make money as a podcaster is to take sponsors and you pay them on a per impression basis or you put out a really good product with your podcast and get yourself invitations for paid speaking engagements or paid consulting of some kind. Other than that, it's a passion project. You're not going to make a profit on it. After more than 100 episodes, I certainly haven't made anything close to resembling a net profit. And I think we can all agree, especially if you're listening to this podcast right now, that agency freedom has been better than average successful in the podcasting space. And if I'm not making a bit of money, and I've been doing this for over 100 episodes, it's very unlikely uh, that you will as well. Even folks in our space that are more successful by far, as far as a number of downloads and their ability to get impact with uh, their content, uh, I'm looking at you, uh, Scott and Bradley and uh, David Carruthers, uh, all three of which I call friends. Even they, in, in their significantly broader audience than I have, would probably tell you that podcasting is a terrible way to try to make money. There are much, much, much easier ways to make real good money for yourself. So if you're thinking that you want to leverage your podcast to make lots of money and speaking engagements and sponsorships and consulting fees, you're going to be disappointed. There's a lot better ways to make that money in your agency, actually, as we'll talk about near the end of this episode. Fourth and final, and I say this one with my tongue firmly planted in my cheek. I am being facetious. Please don't think that there is in any way a mean-spirited angle here. Uh, I say this completely sarcastically. Number four is, I crave validation and I need my peers to tell me how great I am. If you're doing a podcast because you want to seek the praise, the validation of other people in your industry, then you should probably take that hour that you are spending recording your podcast and go sit down with a good therapist who you align with personality-wise and talk about your feelings and your childhood and your relationship with your parents or any number of things that will be more emotionally satisfying and validating than anything myself or any of your other peers in our industry will be able to give you. If you're looking for validation, the general public and podcasting audience might be the worst possible place to look for it because no matter what you say, you're going to piss off somebody. And the, the simple fact is the vast majority of your peer group in our industry simply doesn't care one bit. They don't give the slightest concern to a single word that comes out of your mouth. doesn't matter what the content is. They're too busy running their own shop, doing their own thing with their own agency, and building their own team, and chasing their own goals and dreams. And your words and your podcast matters to less than a fraction of 1% of our industry. There's roughly 350,000 people working in the independent side of the insurance industry. And that's 
the entire industry, not just retail agency, but also all the other stakeholders in our space. And if you average even a thousand downloads a month, you're doing quite well. And it is very unlikely that you will average even close to a thousand downloads a month. It took me the better part of a year with a very well-designed and well-planned out set of resources around this podcast to break a thousand. Now we had, I think three months in before we broke a thousand downloads and I had some help from the network. Even at this point, I'm not nearly to 10,000 downloads a month and I've been doing this for more than two years. If I'm looking for validation from my audience, from my peer group, from doing this podcast, I can tell you that doesn't really happen. Now, individual validation, individual comments from people who found impact, yes, that happens. But when you look at it as a, a percentage or a number of people compared to the whole, when I look at my statistics, it is a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction that provides anything of a positive feedback nature. If I were doing this podcast in hopes that I would hear from people about how my work changed their life and how the content of AFP and the sentiment shared and the interviews shared and everything was just transcendent in their career and how I achieved, helped them achieve great things that they never thought possible. If I was hoping for any of those things, I would be sorely disappointed because statistically, they almost never happen, even after a hundred, more than a hundred episodes now at this point. So those are the four things. If you want to be insurance famous, if you have big opinions and feelings and want to share them, if you want to make lots of money leveraging your podcast, or you crave validation and need your peers to tell you how great you are, you definitely should not start an insurance industry podcast. So what should you do instead? You take that same energy, that same dollar investment, the same equipment even, and start a local podcast. Something focused on your natural market, your area, your city, your town. I bet you, if you go to Google, if you're not in a giant metropolitan area, and if you are, then cut it down to the suburb that you live in, or the city, or even the neighborhood, depending on how densely populated your area is, look and see who is doing a city or neighborhood-specific podcast. For most of you, it's going to be towns and cities. It certainly is for me. We're in the process right now. We've already begun of launching the McKinney podcast. We're going to start recording within the next month or two, and I have a co-host who's a well-known photographer here in town. We've already lined up our first several guests, and we are going to be in an informal partnership with our Economic Development Corporation here in McKinney. Now, our first five guests include the mayor of McKinney and several other high-profile people that are going to help us get kicked off. Because I did some research and I found out that there is not a single person who is doing a McKinney-focused podcast. And there are so many opportunities to have real impact, to spotlight some great things happening in our local community, as well as have a secondary impact of creating tremendous opportunities for RiskWell to have a lot of success in our local business community that we're not currently taking full advantage of through having a locally focused podcast. Once we get the McKinney podcast off the ground, we'll be able to feature local businesses and nonprofit and other leaders that are doing humanitarian and charitable efforts, as well as be involved in the process of governance to inform the local population about upcoming elections, to do candidate profiles, 
to talk about promotional activities for uh, local events and festivals and things that are coming up uh, that the city would like some help passing the word around. It's going to provide a tremendous opportunity for us to have real impact in our local community that translates into massive opportunity for business success. Because when someone knows, likes, and trusts you, they are automatically more likely to want to do business with you. Now, you may be wondering, James, are you going to promote RiskWell on your local podcast? And the answer is no, I'm not. Other than to say simply, the McKinney Podcast is proudly sponsored by RiskWell, a local provider of independent insurance services. And that's it, because we're not going to have any sponsors other than in-kind sponsorship, where we have a episode that maybe mentioned the, say, McKinney Chamber of Commerce, or perhaps it is a, a local magazine or something that is giving us ad space in exchange for us talking about them in our episode. We certainly will be doing that. I'm thinking of Community Impact Magazine, which goes out to more than 80,000 homes in the McKinney area. In-kind sponsorships for a local podcast are a great way to help people help you with getting the word out. Because at the end of the day, it's all about impact. It's all about advancing the why for the podcast. And in this case, the why is celebrating the best and brightest of the city that's unique by nature. That's the subtext, the, the subtitle of our local podcast. So, all the things we talked about in the first part of this episode about why you shouldn't have an insurance podcast. It all gets flipped on its head when we say, instead, take that same time, that same energy, and deploy it locally and start your own locally focused podcast. Because the odds are, nobody is doing it in the way that you can. And if you leverage your local municipal resources, your chamber of commerce, your city's economic development corporation, if you go to your city council, your mayor, your city manager, Tell them what you're doing and ask them if they'd like to participate, that you're eager to help them promote the city's initiatives and the things that they want to get out to engage the local citizens, the local population in things that matter. You will very quickly find yourself with a lot of people that want to get on your side because if you're going to do the legwork to celebrate the best and brightest in your community, you're going to win a lot of fans. And if you're doing commercial insurance like I am, to any sort of degree, then the number of people that are going to be eager to come on your show to celebrate what they're doing in their community to deliver value to their customers and stakeholders, you'll have an almost endless number of people that you can have a guest on the show, which is one of the hardest parts about being a podcast host anyway, is finding the right guests that are interesting and engaging for your audience. So I hope you've enjoyed this Hot Takes episode. <laughs> that probably started out just a little bit, where's he going with this? Because the reality is, while the insurance podcasting scene is definitely more crowded than it has ever been before, literally lost count of how many insurance podcasts there are, your local podcasting scene is begging for a new voice. Let's go, folks. Let's have real impact in our communities. Let's make our businesses, our agencies, our teams stronger than they've ever been before. That's all for this episode. Make it a great day, boys and girls. We'll talk to you again real soon. Y'all take care.
Thanks for listening to the Agency Freedom Podcast. Please subscribe to AFP on your favorite platform to get automatic updates with every new episode and help other people find us. If you like what you hear, please drop us a review and tell the world what you like best. Most importantly, please share AFP with someone you know who is still in captivity. They'll thank you later. Visit our website at agencyfreedom.com to get access to exclusive content and announcements. Join our community on Facebook by typing in Agency Freedom in the search bar. Send your questions, comments, guest recommendations, and favorite grilling recipes to us at podcast at agencyfreedom.com. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast, where we help insurance professionals move from captivity to freedom. Until next time, let's go. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is. To, to fix a problem, the first thing you've got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.